We on? Good morning. Good to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Maureen, for that introduction. Really enjoyed Becca's uh, kids' talk. I was glad when Norman said I wouldn't have to do that, and someone else would. That's the most nerve-wracking thing, believe it or not. <laughs> um, yeah, so today um, we're taking a reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. That's uh, Paul's letter to the, the church in Thessalonica. So it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, a wee bit of background before we start reading. It's the Apostle Paul's first letter to the church in Thessalonica. That was the capital of Macedonia. At the time, it's now a part of Greece. Um, he wrote this letter in around 50 AD, which was during his second uh, missionary journey. And, uh, oh, I'm dropping things. Apologies. Um, yeah, it was during his second uh, missionary journey. He had just left Thessalonica himself a few months prior um, due to persecution. He had been there to preach the gospel, help set up the church, and uh, after leaving, he's, he's obviously concerned for them, the relatively new Christians, um, so he's, he sends Timothy to go, and, to go and check on them, and he's encouraged when Timothy comes back and says that they've remained strong in their faith, and Paul actually says they are his glory and joy. He writes this letter to commend them from their, for their faithfulness and for their trust in God, to, and to encourage them to continue in their faith, and he reassures them that Christ will return. So let's read the Word of God together. That's 1 Thessalonians 5, um, verses 1 to 11. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the, Lord, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Amen. And may God bless the reading of his word to us. So essentially, this piece of scripture teaches us as believers to be spiritually prepared for the return of Jesus, which will come unexpectedly, that we should live as children of the light, light sorry, being vibrant, being vigilant and sober-minded, abstaining from sin, pursuing good and avoiding evil, that we are destined to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus. Amen. And finally, the importance of encouragement and unity within the Christian community. And this is what I want to speak about today. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So when the Apostle Paul uses the word therefore, it serves as a, a crucial link between what he's just discussed previously and what he is about to say, what he's about to exhort his audience to do. It's, it's a bridge between the topic of Christ's return and the call to encourage one another. In, in the verses before and the preceding verses, Paul, Paul's addressing the return of Jesus Christ, 
which is a central theme in the New Testament. It's an important part of our belief. He emphasized, he emphasizes the uncertainty of the timing of Christ's return. He compares it to the unexpected arrival of a thief in the night. Paul wants the Thessalonian Christians and us by extension, because scripture is alive and active, it's still relevant today to us. Paul wants us to grasp the unpredictability of this event. The message is clear. Christ's return is certain, it will happen, but the exact time remains unknown. So in light of this uncertainty surrounding Christ's return, Paul instructs us to encourage one another. Here's where the connection is quite profound. Our encouragement to fellow believers is not just a random act of kindness or moral support. It's deeply rooted in the hope of Christ's return. He will come back. It's part of our love for him, our worship, because he loved us so much that he died for us. And theology plays a, a big part in this. Christian hope is its not vague, wishful thinking. It's a, a confident expectation based on God's promises, all of which are yes and amen in Christ. And when we encourage one another, we remind ourselves and others of this hope. We're saying, yeah, life can be challenging and it can be uncertain, but we have an unshakable hope in the return of our Lord and Savior. As Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart or be encouraged. I have overcome the world. The connection between Christ's return and encouragement it underscores the importance of living a steadfast and prepared Christians. We're encouraged to stay spiritually awake, to be vigilant, to be in our right minds, knowing that Christ's return could happen at any moment. Our encouragement serves as a reminder of our shared hope. It should motivate us to keep our faith, to maintain our spiritual readiness, and inspire, encourage, and help others to do the same. In summary, this important therefore at the beginning of the verse shows the crucial link between the uncertain timing of Christ's return and the need to encourage one another. Our encouragement is it's not just a nice gesture, but a powerful reminder of our shared hope in Christ's return. It should inspire us to live as faithful, watchful, supportive, and enthusiastic members of the body of Christ, knowing that our ultimate hope is in Him who saved us. Encouragement, it's not just offering a kind word, although or, or that is part of it. It's about lifting each other's burdens. It's about strengthening one another's faith. It's about inspiring hope in the face of life's trials and difficulties. It's a ministry of love and support that every single one of us as believers is called to. And it's not, it's not flattery, which is excessive or insincere praise. It's not telling people what they want to hear or appeasing or inflating people's pride or ego. But we have to be careful because historically, and this is particularly true in more traditional circles, people avoided encouragement altogether because they had the unfortunately false and damaging view that, that it would promote pride, that to encourage people would make them prideful. And so they had this view of don't say anything too positive to anyone in case they get a big head. And so many people went without encouragement. They became discouraged. They struggled in their faith. They didn't know when they were doing something right or have any positive reinforcement, inspiration, or motivation in their faith from their Christian family. And I'm sure we've all experienced this to some degree or another. It's quite challenging when there is no encouragement. And the Bible is, is full of calls for us to encourage one another. 
there's instruction on how we should proactively love and support one another through all available means, including our words. Ultimately, we, we should look to the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus. He's our example in everything. Uh, I once read a tweet, and it was a joke, but I, I really liked the observation. Someone said, no one talks about Jesus' miracle of having 12 close friends in his 30s. And now I'm in my 30s, and I understand this. <laughs> but, but it's true. Jesus called his disciples who were nobodies, the, the least people you'd expect, and he changed the entire course of the universe with them. He loved them. He taught and instructed them, and he encouraged them essentially preparing them for his death and resurrection, after which he used them massively to spread the faith and change the whole world. He encouraged them and they encouraged others, the same as we are called to do. And scripture itself is full of encouragement. We often go to it to be encouraged. Maybe you need a word of encouragement here today. Maybe you're struggling and you need to hear from God. And scripture is primarily where he speaks to us. There's, there's Good verses of encouragement. Isaiah 41, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's encouraging. May the, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Paul's letter to the Romans chapter 15, that, that's encouragement. And 2 Corinthians, another letter of Paul, who, who was full of encouragement for other believers. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we may comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. That's about encouragement. God helps us. He encourages us. He gives us comfort in our struggles so we may do the same for others. These are all powerful and life-affirming truths. It, it's God gave us the, the, His words, these words for our encouragement as guidance for our lives. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And we can use His Word for these purposes as He commanded to encourage one another in our life and in our faith. And Christian encouragement is rooted in faith. It's rooted in, in biblical principles. It uplifts and motivates individuals in their spiritual walk. It, it emphasizes a scriptural foundation, which is always true and pure. And these are, these are based on biblical teachings, highlighting love, hope, faith, and God's promise for guidance. Encouragement is spiritual upliftment, strengthening faith, promoting well-being in our lives by reminding us of our God's very real love and presence and to trust in His plan. It gives us hope and assurance, encouraging hope in Christ, even in life's challenges, grounded in the promise of eternal life. It's about offering prayer and support to each other, of blessing, intercession, seeking God's guidance, seeking wisdom and comfort for each other. It keeps us accountable by offering gentle and appropriate correction and education in love, building faith and character. And encouragement is offering our service and compassion, demonstrating Christ's love through acts of kindness and aiding those in need. It's essential in our community, fellowship and in our church. It allows us to thrive as Christians 
It fosters mutual support and growth in our faith. Encouragement empowers individuals to live out their faith and fulfill their purpose in Christ, emphasizing their identity and talents and allowing them to reach their God-given potential as representatives of Christ. And Christian encouragement, it's beyond positivity. It's, it's not fluffy words and empty praise. It nurtures spiritual growth. It draws people closer to God. And it fosters Christ-focused living within a loving community. Encouragement is God-ordained and necessary for us to grow and to persevere in our faith. So if we, go, if we go back to the verse, before mentioning encouragement, Paul tells us to build each other up. So picture a, a builder who carefully selects materials, all the planning, the constructing a strong and la- that goes into constructing a strong and lasting building. A lot of effort in it. Um, my, my background is in construction initially, and a lot of energy, resources, and planning goes into constructing a building. It takes time. It takes materials. It takes expertise. And it takes the combined efforts of multiple professionals in order for it to be successful. Likewise, we're called to build up one another's faith, character, and resilience. It's something that requires effort and care with the right words, instructions, help, and encouragement. This produces strong, durable, enthusiastic Christians with a good foundation in the Word, good theology. And when we're properly built up, via good teaching and appropriate encouragement from the other Christians around us, it enables us to thrive. Jesus told this parable of the wise and foolish builders. I'm sure we all know it. I'm sure the kids have a few Sunday school songs about it. Um, The foolish builder, he built his house on the sand. And when the storms came, it was swept away because it had no decent foundation. As opposed to this wise builder who built his house on the rock, a solid foundation. When the storms came, which signify the trials of our life, his house did not fall. And that's what Jesus said we are like. If we put his words into practice, we're like the builder, the wise builder who built his house on the rock. Uh, So in the same way, when we build each other up in the faith, when we teach, help, and encourage one another as Christians, we're building each other up as Jesus wants us to, with a solid foundation, making us stronger in our faith, and as a church, an encouragement is a massive part of this. And, and poor mental health is it's a major challenge within the UK currently, and particularly in Scotland. There's a, a rise in cases of depression and anxiety, and one in four people will be affected by this at some point in their life. I'm sure we all either know people or have had instances ourselves of, of, of these sorts of things, and it, it, is, a, it is a major issue in our, in our community. Um, Currently, one of the Glasgow universities is looking at a rise in suicides in the UK construction industry, with constructive operatives nearly four times more likely to take their own lives than those working in other sectors. Whilst there's a lot of discussion regarding the causes and contributing factors, including things like financial insecurity and the effects of the pandemic, and I am by no means an expert, and I certainly don't mean to trivialize anything. I believe people's environment itself often has a large part to play. You see, like I said, my, my background's in construction. And when I started my apprenticeship as a 16-year-old, it was a hard environment. There was minimal or no encouragement. And there was no positive reinforcement. People were hard on each other. They spoke hard to each other. They were outright abusive, 
sometimes disguised as banter, but you never knew if you did something right. You only knew if you got something wrong. Someone would say it then. And, and I spent a few years with minimal confidence of my own abilities. I was uncertain of my purpose because nobody encouraged me. And whilst I have a good network of support now, thank you, Jesus, and, and I no longer work in these environments, I'm able to understand and sympathize with those who do. And the sad reality is this, and it's not just the construction industry. Many people go days, weeks, months, even years without any encouragement or any positive motivation in their life. And you can easily see how that might lead to people feeling worthless, hopeless, and depressed. Encouragement is important. If it's in the Bible, it's really important. We need it. If you're blessed here today, and I hope, I hope and pray that most of you are, or all of you are, it's my prayer that you all do, that you have people in your life who are encouragers, the people that want to, the people go out of their way to encourage you. Well, imagine a life without that. It's grim. It's hard to imagine. It's a struggle. The people who give you a word of encouragement just when you need it most, when you're struggling in your life or your faith, or when you just need a loving word to make you feel better. In Acts, we read of a man named Joseph, who the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He sold a field and he brought the money to the apostles showing his generosity and support for the early Christian community. And we see how he loved and encouraged the church, as did all the apostles. And we need these people. We need encouragers in our life. We must be these people for others in the church. And our, our words are powerful tools for encouragement. Proverbs 18:21 reminds us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. As Becca showed earlier, you can't get the toothpaste back in the tube. <laughs> Our words can bring life or death to the spirit of a fellow believer. Let's choose our words wisely, speaking words that heal, uplift, and strengthen. Proverbs 12.25 says that anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Encouragement is about loving one another in a proactive way. Remember, biblical love, it's a verb. It's a doing word. It looks like something. Love one another. And encouragement is love and practice. So to encourage effectively, we must be attentive to the needs of those around us. We should be sensitive to their struggles, their doubts, their fears, their ch the things that are challenging them, their battles in life. And we should, we, should, yeah, we should be aware of what others are facing and how they're feeling. And be open to trying to understand with the people we care about and the people around us what kind of condition their, their, their mental health is or um, how their spirit is. We can pray and we can ask God to recognize who needs encouragement, to give us opportunity for it even, and how we can practically encourage them. Sometimes a simple word of encouragement can make all the difference in someone's life, and we all know this. We've all been in these situations when you're, you're overwhelmed, you're anxious, you're a bit low, something bad's happened bereavement, uh, struggle at work, and, and you're battling, you're, you're struggling through life, and someone who loves you and, and who understands you and is able to understand how your feeling comes alongside you and says something encouraging to you, it makes all the difference. I had a bit of a stressful week this week with work, some other issues. I'm transitioning onto more full-time work now as opposed to I was doing quite a bit of study in the last few years, and um, so it was a bit of a stressful week this week. I've been away a fair bit. And, um, I had to sit an exam on Thursday, um, which required a, quite a bit of effort to pass, and I hadn't managed to start studying until the start of the week. 
So on Thursday morning, I woke up early, no alarm, just woke up, and I thought, right, I need to look at this again. I woke up a wee bit stressed, a big bit stressed, and anxious about things, like, oh, thoughts, oh, am I going to pass this? How am I going to do that? And I wa walked into the kitchen and to make a coffee, get the caffeine in before cramming to get some much-needed studying done. And uh, I opened the fridge, pull out the milk, and Emily, my wife, she, she, had, she had written on the milk carton, God is with you, you will pass. Caught me off guard. See, it made me smile, but it, it, took, it took the anxiety down a notch, took the stress down a notch, able to focus, pray. It gave me encouragement, the right amount of encouragement I needed in that moment. Now, it just instantly made me smile, and it, 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 yeah, it made, it, made me it made me feel better. It was great encouragement when I really needed it most. And it worked. I passed. So thanks, Emily. <laughs> I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the encouragement in my life. And in fact, when I go home today, and <clears throat> when you do this, <laughs> you get spiritually attacked afterwards. You go home and you sit down, and there's a voice that says, you were rambling nonsense. <laughs> and you start to overthink things. And I know that Emily will suss that out, and she'll have something to say. And it'll help. And we need that in our lives. We need to be that for other people, absolutely. We need to be thankful for those that encourage us. We, we need to s seek out those who we ourselves can encourage, especially those who need it most, because we know how important it is, and it's important for every single person. So we must continue to encourage each other. We must encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ, even those, or especially those, who it's difficult to encourage. They need it too. God doesn't say, I encourage people you like. No, it's encourage one another. It's encourage everybody in the church. That's what we're called to do as a community, as a church. So encourage your elders, your deacons. Encourage those who serve in the church, particularly people in positions of obscurity. They make things function in the background. You don't even, you don't even think about them. And yet if they weren't here, it would be a nightmare trying to organize things. These people need encouragement. They often get forgotten about. Encourage your pastor and his family. They labor in the Lord for you. Encourage those in your community. Encourage those in your workplaces. So they'll see your love and they'll be challenged by it. It brings glory to God. That, that's what they said of the early Christians. See how much they love. It challenges people. It really does. And the Thessalonians here are leading by example. And I really like this because Paul commends them. He says at the end, just as in fact you're doing. He knows they're doing it. He's saying, keep it up. Keep up the good work. They're encouraging one another and they're building each other up. That example serves as an encouragement to us today. Paul was worried about them. They were new in their faith, and he was scared that they'd get led astray again, and they hadn't. They'd encourage one another, stuck together. You're stronger in a pack. And that's what it was. So that example serves as an encouragement, even today. So by living out this ministry of encouragement, we become models for others to follow, and it promotes an environment of love and encouragement in the church, which is needed especially today. We need it. So when we encourage one another, we strengthen each other's faith. We help each other to persevere through life's trials and tribulations, knowing that we are not alone in our journey of faith. You're not alone. Whilst we have Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and he promises to meet all our needs, we do require the support and love of each other to be a united and vibrant church. It's part of the reason he gave us the church, so we could encourage one another, love one another, and a church that actively practices encouragement is a community that thrives. It's a place where love and support flow freely, where unity is strong, and where the light of Christ shines brightly for all to see. When people are encouraged, they encourage others, and God gets the glory. 
So let us, let's take to heart this divine calling to encourage and build one another up. In a world that's often marked by negativity, criticism, division, and, and we see that. We see it in our depressing 24-hour news cycle. You ever go through the BBC app and try and count the positive articles? Maybe one to a hundred. You know, social media it causes us, you know, it does have its uses absolutely, but it causes us to seek instant pleasure. You find yourself just scrolling through videos. Nah, that didn't make me happy. Nah, that didn't make me happy. It's, it's a quick, fast-paced environment. We, we compare our lives to others on Facebook, a snapshot of their life, and we're suddenly doubting ourselves. Comparison, thief of all joy. So, you know, we, we, we're, as followers of Christ, we, we have Holy Spirit-provided power to be a source of hope, strength, inspiration, and encouragement to everyone around us. And the impact of this encouragement is that it will strengthen your faith. Encouragement can bolster our faith. It reminds us that we're not alone in our journey, that others care for us, that faithful and practically applying their love for us. It makes a difference, I promise you. And as we spoke on earlier, God comforts us or he encourages us in our difficulties so that we can do the same for others. When facing trials, a word of encouragement can, can provide the strength to persevere. I'm sure each person here, each and every person, can share an experience of times when a word of encouragement helped them through, you know, difficult times. Look, look at David, often encouraging himself, uh, or the Lord encouraging him in the Psalms. First Samuel 30 says, David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord as God. He got encouragement from God. Encouragement is the glue that holds our Christian community together. It fosters unity and it helps us to bear one another's burdens. As Galatians 6 says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good, good deeds, sorry. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I want to challenge you today to seek God. Ask him to reveal to you someone that needs encouragement. Christian or not, and make an effort to go out of your way to encourage that person. Now, it could be through a word of encouragement, just something positive to speak into their life, into their difficult situation. Could be letting them know that you're praying for them or praying with them for something, sharing a word of scripture or supporting or listening to people, sharing a bit of testimony yourself or like a pra practical help such as an act of kindness or a gift, encouraging someone in their faith or someone who's not a Christian, coming alongside them, letting them see that you're different, that there's something different in you, the love of, the love of Jesus. Uh, ultimately, our encouragement should point to him. It, it reminds each other of his love, his sacrifice, his provision, and his faithfulness. So we could, let's leave here today with a renewed commitment to be encouragers, lifting each other up in love and in faith. And in so doing, we can bring glory to our loving Heavenly Father. Let's take encouragement from our Thessalonian ancestors and continue to encourage one another and build each other up as I'm sure we're already doing. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. It is eternal and true. And thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit who guides us. 
Thank you, Lord, that the, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us now. Lord, if anything was said here today which is not relevant or doesn't bring you glory, may it be forgotten, may it vanish. Thank you for your love and the encouragement found in Scripture. Help us to love you with all our heart, soul, and mind, and help us to love each other. Help us to encourage one another and build each other up, and give us opportunities to do so. Thank you, Lord, for each person here today who you love with unimaginable measure. May their needs be met in Christ, who died to save the lost and broken. Be exalted in our lives and receive all the glory. Amen. We'll, we'll now sing our closing praise, which is Mission Praise 955, We Are, we are His Children. Sorry. Mission Praise 955, We Are His Children.